Hello and welcome to Brokenomics and in this episode we're going to be looking at not just the broken economic system but the broken civilizational structure and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Bossman Carl for this one. Hello. Thank you very much for coming back on Brokenomics. That's okay. So the reason I wanted to do this one is because you recently put out um, a tweet which set out your thoughts on civilization as a whole and the breakdown that we're experiencing and that we're all faced with and confronting. Um, I thought that that was a fantastic subject to get into. Uh, perhaps should we, should we start by just taking a look at the tweet itself? Yeah, I've been taking advantage of Twitter Blue's ability to uh, write yes. massive tweets. Um, and so I posted, I think that one of the main issues we face is how phenomenally out of control our civilization has become. No matter what the issue, it feels though demons we have conjured are running away with us and we are now subject to tidal forces that are dragging us along. We no longer have a grasp on things. Instead, we are barely hanging on by our fingertips. Politicians say they will do things, but when was the last time you thought they even could solve one of the issues that we face? Assuming they were all honest and sincere, which among them do you think grasps the scope of the problem and is also capable of devising a plan which would produce the intended results? Mm. Everything is a weak-willed rearguard action which attempts to mitigate the damage and stave off disaster rather than show a firm hand to master the future. The genie is out of the bottle, the danger is loosed among us, and the only thing to do is ride the tiger until it gets tired and allows us to get off. Who knows where we will be? Nobody. Literally nobody has any predictive power anymore. Nobody knows what catastrophic change should even be militated against, even if it was within our power to do so. We can't legislate against it, we can't raise an army to conquer it, nor can we eloquently persuade it to leave us be. All the traditional methods of overcoming problems have been rendered obsolete. Nobody has any ideas left, and those most influential seem to be insistent that we lean into the change and go with the current and let it do with us as it sees fit. As we are spirited along by the forces that possess us, we are impelled to soothe our own sense of powerlessness through the anachronistic political theatre that is democratic politics. But it's clear that the vote has become a coping mechanism in the face of a technological monsoon which we cannot do anything but attempt to weather. Moreover, everyone can see that things are getting gradually worse and not better, which is why the people in the know look so afraid of the future. It would be one thing if things were mysteriously improving because of the demon we have summoned, but it is clearly causing things to degrade and eventually degrading things fall apart. Catastrophe is coming and collectively we don't have the wherewithal to deal with it. So that I think really resonated with him and I'm sure it did with, with a lot of people hearing that now. What is it that prompted you more than anything to, to write that at this time? It's really that I just don't think anyone is in control of what's happening. And that's hmm. probably the, the biggest blow to conspiracy theories is that there isn't a master pulling the strings. Um, there are people engaging in conspiracies and there are people pulling strings. Yeah. Um, but the level of control that they exercise, I think, is overstated. And there are forces working in society at the moment that people don't know what, mm. they, they can't say in five years' time what AI will be doing, what immigrants will be doing. They can't say in ten years' time what will be the consequences of the way that we've changed the economy. They can't say in 15 years' time what will be the consequences of the change in education that we've made. They can't say in 20 years' time what the consequence of the dramatically declining birth rate will be. They can have some vague guesses, but 
things are popping up which we didn't see coming mm. and i think this will keep happening and the things that occur will be even further outside of the bounds of normalcy from our perspective and so okay by by the by the by the time we retire uh, the world will be a very different place. Yes. Okay. So let's let's get into some examples of that because it instantly resonates when you think of characters like, say, Rishi Sunak or Georgia Maloney, and I'd imagine those are the type of characters that you're thinking about, where they've gone in with a lot of, or oh, and Boris Johnson, or a whole a whole bunch of these characters, they've gone in with a set of promises and they appear to be saying the right thing. Now, Georgia Maloney, I think we all liked the message that she was giving. Um, she. Yeah. I think what's happened is she's gone in, somebody has shown her the numbers and said, look, you can either have your pension system collapse, your welfare system collapse, or you can have mass immigration. And she's gone, mass immigration it is then. Um, Somebody like um, Rishi Sunak, I think he probably does understand a lot of this stuff, but for whatever reason, he's not acting on any of it. I think that he's going to be insulated from the effects of it. Yeah, well, personally. Yeah, personally, Mm. because he's so phenomenally wealthy. Uh, He didn't become Prime Minister through popular acclaim. uh, Yes, but do you think that um, if somebody who did not have his personal wealth, um, you know, somebody who came from very humble upbringings and managed to get a modest middle-class existence before becoming a... It's not just personal wealth. He also has somewhere to go. Yes, Uh, and the network. The globalist yeah. network. Yeah, he he's got ties to another country. He's mm. got ties to the supranational network um, that we see forming across the world. He's not bothered if mm. this place collapses. But what about some counter examples? Mm-hmm. And I want to throw at you perhaps uh, Bekele mm-hmm. in El Salvador, yep. and perhaps Viktor Orbán in Hungary. Mm. Now, in both of those cases, they have effectively become ostracised from the globalist community because of the actions that they've taken. Mm. However, both of them are enormously successful. And actually, you could probably throw Putin in that pile as well. Um, he is a more controversial pick, yeah, but he's, is. he's very popular within his nation. Mm-hmm. And he's very, um, regardless of whether the viewers believe it or not, by and large, the Russian people believe that he is acting in their interest and, he, and he's popular for that basis. But, you know, maybe we can stick to Bekele and, and Viktor Orban. Mm-hmm. In both cases, they've, they've done a series of unpopular things and their nations appear to be healing as a result. Yes, for now. Um, the problem is that these are not nations on the technological forefront. Hmm. And these are places where changes will arrive there that will be impossible to hold back Uh, and so this is what i mean by a rearguard action you can for example in the case of hungary say well we need to raise the birth rates so we will encourage uh various family-friendly policies and if you it was if you have four children you don't pay tax or something like that Mm. which is a brilliant strategy that i wish the conservative government would adopt because i wouldn't have to pay any tax but the reason that you need to do this is because there, there is a generative force that is operating on your country that without this external action would wash over like a, a, a river and a dam, right? And so you have to build the dam. But the dam is only going to hold as long as the will and the, the strength of the Orban faction obtains. And so if he stood still 
pushing in one direction. The world continues to change around him, and eventually his position may simply just become untenable, or he simply dies of old age. And if his successor is not up to the job of doing what he has done, then the dam will collapse and the river will continue flowing. The problem is the flow of the river itself. Right. And that is a, it's a raging torrent. We can see it happening. Uh, and, and it's affecting the people who we might be pleased are being affected. Like, I'm never going to weep for a journalist or a, uh, a Hollywood writer being put out of business. But, but it's all of us. It's all of us. It's going to yes. wash over. They were just at the head of the river. You know? so, so effectively, you're saying that, you know, we, the, the, the global civilizational river has, has taken a fork and it is, it is heading in the direction of uh, some form of decay, some sort of globalism, some sort of collectivist fork. It may be that we've always been on this path. You know, the, the flow mm. of the river may not have changed. Um, but we've, we've arrived at a place where, at least in previous eras, it felt like politicians could reasonably do something, right? It felt like the option, at least the sovereignty of the country was in the seat mm. of government and they could make a decision that would change the course of the country. But it seems at this point that that has... It, the, the, the people in charge of the countries are not actually in charge of the countries. There is clearly yeah. an international agenda that's occurring and the, 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 the winds are blowing in a particular direction and those leaders like, that you mentioned, A, they're ostracised um, and B, I don't think that what they're doing will be permanent. Yes. I think that it's a temporary... Because they're paddling very hard against the civilizational river, but, exactly. but it's taking a great deal of effort to do so. Exactly. And the current yeah. is flowing in a particular direction. And the question is, why is it flowing in this direction? Yes. So is, is, is this essentially, um, we're looking for nuance in the cock-up versus conspiracy argument? No, Or emergent really. behavior um, versus a plan? I mean, what, what are you thinking here? I don't really know. Uh, it, I mean, I would I would suggest that this is a confluence of forces that has come about because we have vast institutions that are intent on doing the thing that we expect them to do. Right. So the technology sector, the science sector, um, the uh, international sector, the NGOs, mm. things like that. Um, all of these things have an effect. They continually uh, engage in production of something and that thing is brought out into wider society and, and has an effect on the world around it. Otherwise, they wouldn't do the things they're doing. And so whilst they are motivated by a moral impetus, uh, a profit motive, and... Right a kind of, they view themselves on a civilizational mission, right? They view themselves as attempting to master nature, to conquer technology, uh, uh, you know, defeat disease. Mm. They, they, they are on a civilizational mission to achieve something. And while they're on this mission, we will continue to see it cascade forward as it is. Like, I'm genuinely concerned about what Boston Dynamics are doing when it comes to robots. Mm. I saw a video the other day that was... Um, just like the last 20 years of their robotics development. And it's incredible how yep. how much yep. it's improved. But we've actually arrived at the point where, hang on a second, we, we can actually have armed robots marching around now. Like that's no, they, actually they, they are being worked on. I mean, there's a, a net, yeah. Netflix documentary now on the militarization of these robots. Yeah. And the thing is, and the scary thing, of course, is when you combine 
the um, the advances that are being made in AI at the moment, because yes. we know with Tesla cars they have a quite a sophisticated real world understanding. Mm -hmm. We see from open spatial AI, awareness. Yeah. Yes, so so they can recognise the space around them and understand mm -hmm. how to react to it, and they can react to it far far quicker than any any human ever could. Um, whether they whether they have the uh, dexterity to actually move around at that speed is, is another question, but they can recognise what needs to be done in the environment a lot quicker. You've got the a open um, AI effort, which is showing that they can display a level of sort of human level awareness. Now, whether it is a true human level awareness is another matter, but the point is the time that if, if you were to connect somebody to it through like a chatbot or something, the time it takes you for if you to recognize it, you, test, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's getting longer yeah. and longer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've done tests with it where it can, it can quite accurately um, pick out the emotional subtext from a piece of text or yeah. something like that. So you combine AI with robotics yeah. Um, and you put on that any sort of growth rate at all. It's simply a question of time yeah. as to when you have basically the perfect foot soldier. And if that is in the possession of a fairly narrow group of elites who pursue their own interests. Which, which it will, and they will. But that's always been the case. That's, that's less my concern. Like, they're, 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 that's one layer, and that is really concerning. But underneath that is the layer of what's happening to humans themselves. I mean, like the, the the thing, like the global supply chains and the globalized nature of production, yeah, is again something that's out of the control of anyone, right? Mm. Like at least in like the heyday of the British Empire, Winston Churchill can be like, right, okay, there's a famine in India. Uh, quick, you know, release a hundred thousand tons of grain from Iraq or something. Because right? mm. there is manual control. There is actually someone who can make a decision that can lead to an intended consequence. Right? Yes. But we're now at the point where actually nobody is actually in control. Well, because everything is systematized and broken down and optimized exactly. in such a way that... So Putin yeah. can like judo flip us and say, okay, well now I'm going to screw you. And... Actually, he can screw us. You know, the, inf the the cost of everything is through the roof, and actually, it's a series of very indirect things that Biden has available to him to do that haven't even been shown to have worked. I mean, Putin hasn't been defeated. Mm. Like Russia hasn't collapsed. These things were not as they thought they were, and this is what's been revealed to us. And so we've got the situation where none of the humans are really in control of the system now. The I don't think they've ever really had like as much control as I think a lot of people have expected. But the predictability of your actions has been much greater in previous eras, I think. You know, if we do X, then Y will result. The likelihood of that has been much greater than now, especially when like anything could pop up tomorrow. Like literally anything could pop up and we would not know what to do with it. Like... We, we, we see this in trends, right? Like TikTok trends and stuff like that. These are really peculiar things. You never saw the, the ice cream like NPC TikTok trend coming. No one saw it coming, right? I, I missed that one. What, you what know, the where the it? girls are like pretending to be NPCs on TikTok. Oh, that, oh yeah, yes, yes, right? that one. No yeah. one sees this coming because you wouldn't predict it. Right? Yes. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that would be... And that's, a, that's yeah. a small, silly example. But that highlights how much the... We're in a we're in a weird paradigm, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you go back to like the nineties, you could 
fairly predict like the things that people would enjoy and things that people would do. And now we're in a position where actually we can't really predict these things and anything seems to be on the table and there's no one with any amount of, because I mean like literally tomorrow it could be the wheel out of an alien or something, right? We don't know what's going to happen. Yes. And the people in charge don't really seem to be in charge and we're stuck in this position yes. of dramatic uncertainty. I, 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 see, I see politicians floundering around with trying to do things, Yes, but it's all fiddling at the edges. So today I was yes. watching uh, Rishi Sunak's Twitter feed and he's saying that you know they recognise that after two years of a series of policies that have been absolutely catastrophic for the pubs, yeah. not least closing them for two years, um, on, and on both of those two years saying, yes, you can gear up for Christmas. So they all went out yeah. and bought a whole yeah. load of stock and at the last minute saying no, and they th had to throw it all away. Um, more than quadrupling their energy price bills, which is, yeah. is a massive input for these businesses, mm -hmm. um, driving up the cost of various taxis. He's now turning around saying, oh, what we're going to do is we're going to take 11p off um, a beer type uh, and, and that's going to solve your problems. And yeah. it, it is just fiddling at the edges yeah. while everything is crumbling around it. Yeah. And I think there are levers that you can pull that would make a dramatic change. But the only problem is, is I cannot imagine how you could possibly get elected on a platform to do the things that actually need to be changed. Because, oh, no. because to take it sort of to the brokenomic thesis, is essentially we're broke because a, a huge amount of promises have been made to the boomer generation mm. um, and it can't be paid. Yeah. So there was a dynamic very recently, would have been say 80s, 90s, 2000s, where the political proposition was, we're going to give you all of this stuff and it's going to be fantastic for you, um, vote for us because of this. And also, we're not actually going to tax you that much. And they were making up the difference on debt and they just yeah. let that, that debt difference grow. And the proposition to younger people, younger millennials and Zoomers is now, um, you're going to get nothing, but we're going to tax the bejesus out of you. Hmm. Um, and then we just kind of expect that system to yeah. work. We expect you to just be saddled with it. Yeah. Why should they? Like, I mean, yeah. political radicalism in the Zoomers is a genuine concern, uh, but well, it not, it's it, not an irrational response. Are, are, you, are you seeing radicalism in the Zoomers? Because I'm, I'm seeing a remarkable lack of passivity to being completely and utterly screwed over. Well, it's it's the the problem with the Zoomers is they don't have a political tradition, right? So they don't right they don't have anything to hold on to, and so. Like, this is a point that I've seen lots of people make. So they can convert really quickly. And the thing is, this is a, this is a very similar situation to sort of uh, 1920s Germany, right? Where it's... Right. I, I hate Febrile. Bring, uh, sorry? Febrile atmosphere. Yeah, where, where there's, not, yeah. there's not anything concrete because things have dramatically changed in the very recent past. And so people's entire mindset flips from one to another very, very quickly, right? Mm. And so, yeah, they're, they're passive now, but also I think that they could become very radical tomorrow if the right levers are pulled or buttons are pushed. Uh, and in, say, 10 years' time, how many boomers are there going to be about? You know, in 20 years' time, how many boomers are there going to be about? Soon, yeah. that's that, that group of people who if nothing else you could rely on for political stability, they're yes. not going to be here. You know? And then it's going to be yes. insufferable aging millennials. You if, know. Yeah, I mean, if, if you take the um, 
um, uh, the, the the sort of the, the, the charts um, on sort of age profiles, you're basically looking at the mid 2040s, yeah. and then the the boomers sort of exit stage left and cease to be a political force. I think um, there'll probably be a, a lesser political force before then. Yeah, it, it, it tails off. Yeah, it be, does tail off. Yeah, just gone. Yeah. Because yeah. so, I'm not seeing the millennials assert themselves yet. Because interestingly, okay, the boomers were the largest um, generation in absolute terms, so in, in relative terms, compared to the world that came before. But the millennial generation is actually slightly larger than the yeah. boomer generation. It's just in proportional terms, it's not. But I'm not seeing the millennials throw their weight around yet. Well, we have seen that. I think... Jeremy Corbyn and Bernie Sanders are an example of millennial radicalism and attempt to assert, um, but they were unable to overcome the boomers. Well, the millennials aren't becoming more conservative because they didn't have conservative foundations that were bent by left-wing ideology. They just had left-wing foundations, and so they're becoming more left-wing. And so I think, actually, we'll see it get worse as we go into the future. Mm. But the the thing that I also mentioned there is that have, can you, I mean, name a politician that you think could deal with any of these problems, even if they grasped it, even if they're operating in good faith? Like, who do you think, who okay, would you well, think okay, is well, the guy well, who could solve okay, this? Okay, well, this feels like a trap because the amount of times before I've seen a politician <laughs> and thought, oh, they look like they get it. Yeah. And then and they, they don't get it. Yeah, and, and then yeah. they get in, they don't. So um, historical examples, I would say, would be Ron Paul. Sure. But, but he, even then, even then, yeah. I don't know. Because Ron Paul... I. The problem with Ron Paul is that he was essentially telling me what I wanted to hear, right? Oh, yeah, I want a guy who's going to be like hardline constitutionalist, lowest taxes, get rid of all of this mm. meddling nonsense. But that's not going to stop the flow of the river. You know, that's just going to at least mean that I'll pay less in taxes, which would be great. Mm. But the problems are still going to be there. You know, the pyramid scheme of pensions is still going to mount yes. up. You know, like none, he's not going to solve any of these things. Uh, hmm. But I mean, I did like what he had to say, and Ron yeah. Paul can still win. Um, you know, it's it's not that that's not someone who's solving the problems, right? Hmm. And so, I I mean, just in just in the contemporary political atmosphere, I don't see anyone who, even if they grasped what was happening, and I'm sure there are many that do, would be able to formulate a plan that would yield the results that they predicted to have because mm. one of the major problems that we have in modern day is unintended consequences loads of things yes. seem to have really unintended consequences and yet we've been quite happy to just move as a civilization but the lockdowns being the best one the yes. lockdowns and the vaccines i mean like the, yeah i mean the, to be fair it, it was it was obviously stupid and a lot of us recognized it at the time was speaking out against it on yeah. day one but for some reason the political system couldn't imagine that trying that turning off the economy for two years and and all the things that it broke i yeah. mean i mean i'm always coming up with examples of the things that it broke i mean yeah. one classic one is the way that it basically um drastically accelerated the work from home environment yeah which, as a result, is now causing a commercial property crash because mm. occupancy rate is falling. And you can see from mobile phone data in office-concentrated areas that actually it's it's well below half. So even though the these offices are being written down 30% to about 70% occupancy now, that's only mm. because people can't get out of their leases. And it is going to fall below 50%. And then you basically run that calculation through. And what you're seeing is a load of banks are almost certainly going to go bust a whole load of english councils are going to go bust a whole load yeah. of property funds are going to go bust you know that is one unintended consequence yeah. from lockdown and how many private businesses yes you know like the it, it's a genuine sort of system collapse mm. that we're looking at there and it's happening in slow motion and no one knows what to do and what would you do 
Well, I don't have any answers. I'm not saying I'm a, I've, well, I'm a guy with a solution. The, the, the way it always used to work is that you would have um, good times and bad times. And in mm. the bad times, the malinvestment would get cleared out mm. and people would lose their shirt, um, but the system would heal and then it would come back again. Mm. But we've basically got into the situation since 2008 where the... Uh, well, okay, so the Asian financial crisis was probably the last time, 1997, was probably the last time we could have dealt with that honestly, with that clear-out process. We didn't do it. Then we had the dot-com bubble, and we didn't want to, to deal with it honestly. We wanted to restart the party as fast as we can. So you then got the um, the, the boosting of the housing market and, and, yeah. and some elements of liquidity starting to be pushed through. You got 2008, where we decided, no, we're definitely not going to have the crash this time. Mm. And so we're moving everything up to the balance sheet of the governments. And there's basically nowhere for it to go. So yeah. you've, you've just got this mass accumulation of of malinvestment, mm. bad decisions, bad policy, and, it, and it's just not getting cleared out in the way that it always used to yeah. over previous generations. And so that, that's accumulating. That's the economic issue. Mm. And then, then you have other issues. Like I'm genuinely worried about the, the essentially the retardation of an entire generation of children. Mm. That's a genuine concern. Like the the <laughs> there have been loads of loads of like you know studies that came out and everyone just ignored that. By the way, these kids are like you know reading two or three years below where they should be. You know, their babies have got uh, poor facial recognition abilities because of people wearing masks around them, and so they don't you know recognize human faces, and and that's going to affect their emotional life and development. And so you've got an entire generation of people who are like intellectually and emotionally stunted from two years in lockdown. So, oh my God, what the hell? You know, the, the, the consequences of that is the, the, the lowering of the quality of the human capital in your civilization. Yes. And because everything you've said there kind of is predicated on the fact that people aren't retarded. And people, <laughs> like, it, like, imagine now we live in idiocracy and the, then we have these problems. Like, who are they going to elect? They're not going to have the politicians. So, so just a nuanced point in that. I mean, I, I'm sure you recognise that the uh, education children receive at school is not particularly challenging. If, if yeah. you really want to get the most out of your children, you need to make the time for them mm -hmm. to read with them, to, to push them to read more yeah. challenging text, all that kind of thing, and work with them. And perhaps one of the advantages of a little bit of a success is you can buy back a little bit of time and you can do that. But there are going to be a huge amount of people who are basically, you know, having to work all the time. They're having to use school as effectively a childcare mechanism. Yeah. Um, and they just don't have the opportunity to spend, you know, an hour or two reading with their children and doing mm -hmm. all of those other things. And so you're left with a school system, which is, as you say, entirely dumbed down. Yeah, and, but it's but I hadn't even gotten to the schooling system. Mm. I'd gotten to just the consequences of the lockdowns. On the, the 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 direct consequences on the next generations are really negative. And so yeah. now, yeah, let's, the schooling system like it's just insufferable. How like I, my my daughter's changing schools this year because the school she was in, something like sixty five percent of the children in her class have failed this particular in in maths. I think it was. Like, she got, like, 15% or something. I was like, oh, my God, that's atrocious. It's like, well, the average was 16%. It's like, what? It feels like the school has failed rather than the children have failed on this occasion. Absolutely. There's no question of it. It's definitely the school. I mean, the children obviously have failed, but the school has obviously failed the children, right? Yeah. And so, but this this is just the, the continual progress yes. of the dumbing down of education. Everything is getting 
slower and weaker and stupid. Of course, it's worse than that, isn't it? Because at least your daughter is a uh, you know native Brit, a native English speaker who's 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 yeah. acclimatised to our culture. But our government now genuinely doesn't see any difference mm-hmm. between the native population and immigration. All they see is okay, the economy is GDP yep. per capita times capita. We need more capita. Um, people aren't having kids, so therefore we're just going to import them age 20, yep. 25, straight off the boat. Yeah. And so, I mean, and then, uh, yeah, like, you know, okay, let's let's move on to the cultural problems that this produces. Like, the the very essence of this is just to describe a dying civilization, a civilization mm. that can't reproduce itself, that can't uphold standards of meritocracy, decency, and is happy to use anyone else as a replacement, even... The lowest scum of the earth that managed to break into our country are considered to be people of importance. And that's just wild. This, never would this have been done anywhere else in any of human history. These people would have been just considered, I mean, literally invaders, but also a massive burden on a civilization that was trying to maintain and uphold something. And we have abandoned this. Like this, this continual degradation of standards is only maintained for now, is only accepted because nobody can see something actually falling apart around them. Although, if you walk down the street, you can see the buildings yes. are in absolutely terrible repair. Like, we, we had a comment the other day from a chap on the podcast saying, well, look, you know, Polish builders actually aren't the equivalent of English builders. Yes. Uh, they actually don't take pride in their work, and actually they're kind of shit. Um, yes. But they do it cheaply, and... Okay, they will do it cheaply, but you get what you pay for in every aspect of life. And so the the civilization is being made in its intrinsic structure more inferior, and the people running in it are stupider, and they don't understand why things mm. are breaking. And for now, things are limping along, but eventually you get to the South Africa position, where yes. you're just rolling blackouts. I mean, just to pick up on, on the builder's point, I mean, it would have been the case in, say, I don't know, let's let's pick the 90s, you would have a, a town or a city mm. with a number of local builders who had a local reputation, yep. who, who went to the same supermarkets yep. as you, and their reputation mattered to them. Their, their business was predicated on word of mouth. Yes, referrals, exactly. Yeah. Whereas now, um, quite often, you'll your see builders are available, and it will be a bunch of them will turn up in a van, and they drive from two hours. Maybe they stay in a bed and breakfast while they're doing the job, and yeah. they, they, hold, they hold no connection to the community in which they are doing the work. Yeah. So it's, it's not just a, it's not just a function of you know whatever underlying work ethic it is it is the lack of connection to the community yep to watch the full video please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com